Hi everyone, welcome to our podcast, What the Taboo. As you've guessed from our title, we'll be discussing all things taboo within the South Asian community. In today's episode, we'll be discussing the topic colorism. Just as a disclaimer, anything discussed is our personal opinions and lived experiences. So I'm Rahila and I'm here with Monica. We are both the founders of Rang.uk on Instagram. So if you want to check that out later when you can. It's an educational and support platform with content focusing on colorism, cultural sensitivity around skin tones and shadism. Myself and Monica are both British Bangladeshi and in our own ways have experienced colorism and other topics that we will be discussing in our podcast. In some of our episodes, including this one, we have guest speakers and talking about their experiences, have they witnessed certain things within their own cultures and within their own family and I think it'd be really interesting to get different perspectives from different people as well as from myself and Monica because we can only talk about our culture and what we've experienced. As this is our first podcast, let's just talk about Rang. Hi everyone, my name is Monica. I'm the founder of Rang. I'm also a PhD student at Queen Mary University studying colonialism and colorism. So Rang is a community page based on Instagram. The page works on delivering three objectives so we want to educate and raise awareness around the topic of colorism we also want to motivate other people for them to embrace their natural beauty and feel comfortable in their own skin and the third objective is to provide a safe open space for discussion for anyone struggling with colorism or any issues related to colorism so that could be issues with self-esteem problems that they may face within their family dynamics relationship dynamics we do have lived experiences of this this topic and also insight through study and research so the reason we set up Parang is, of course, because of the three objectives mentioned by Monica. The main reason we have launched right now is because of the Black Lives Matter movement. We have been talking behind the scenes for a while and we have a lot planned, so stay tuned for all of that. This was originally planned to be set up at the end of 2020, wasn't it? Because we felt that it was so crucial. Right? It just accelerated the process, didn't it? We yeah. just needed to stand united with all of our brothers and sisters from different races and provide that safe space. It wasn't a case of just jumping on the bandwagon. We are aware that colorism is a muted subject and we have genuine interest on raising awareness. So in this episode, we are joined by a guest speaker. We are lucky to be joined by the lovely Shima to discuss her new single, Outsider. Before we jump into the podcast, let's have a little listen. Welcome Shima and thank you for joining us today. Tell us more about your single and what does the word outsider mean to you? 
Hey guys. At some point felt a bit awkward and a bit different from the people around us. And this is really an encouragement to say that, listen, we've all been there. We've all felt different. There is no normal anymore. There is no, you know, conformity that everybody has to apply by. And this is something that the song is saying, it's okay to be different if you're from different backgrounds, different cultures, and you're living in a completely different country to your original background or whatever your situation is, there is no normality anymore. And, you know, people shouldn't make you feel like an outsider and you also yourself should embrace the fact that you're different and not be an outsider. So that's really like the positive message behind the song. Amazing, thank you. touched on this um, slightly, but what does the word outsider to you mean personally? And do you have any lived experiences and has that fueled your inspiration behind the song? Well, outsider is really like a representation of like a feeling. And it's that feeling that like, you know, of feeling different and feeling awkward and feeling like you don't quite fit in. And I think outsider is one word that just represents that. And I think there could be other words, um, outcast maybe, just just different words that represent that feeling. But I think ultimately a lot of a lot of people know what I'm talking about when you have that awkward feeling or you feel a bit different, you feel like all oh, your friends are together and you're in the corner and things are a bit different if you want to go back to like a school situation. So that word is really a representation of the fact that a lot of people are made to feel outside um, of whatever the situation is or the scenario is. And you know, it's about saying I'm one of those people. I've been in those situations, being half English, half Pakistani and family, you know, moved from India. And there's so many different ancestries. And I'm sometimes like, where do I fit in? And and it's kind of like telling those people that feel like that, which I think is probably most people in some way, that it's okay. And it's, you know, it's good to be an outsider. And I think it's so nice that for those people that do feel like an outsider or, you know, like left, out of so many things can actually relate to your song. The actual title itself, Outside and feel like they are part of a group, even though they're the outcast of their own, you know, their, their own, own community. Mind yeah, what they think. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and if, yeah, all the team that wrote the song, like Mo Logo, who's a um, artist on the Afrobeat scene, he wrote this um, song with me, and like he was talking about his struggles between him being like. Nigerian and like growing up here and all these different things and everybody in the team had a different story and everybody felt the same way which is so interesting. I think that's what I was going to touch on as well it's not even just about being an outsider within school or peer groups it's when people feel alien when they come onto like they say like foreign soil so I just feel like your single relates to so many people so many genders mm-hmm. so many religions so many races like or we culture, can all yeah. relate one way or another so i think it's definitely just- and i think that's so important and it's really important to realize like how what like a small world that we live in these days and how like everybody's the same and i think you know people that are being made to feel like they're an outsider and they're different but they're not because everybody's different so it's really about like realizing that and like you know, not making people feel alien if you're in that situation. And if you are the outsider, then to embrace it as well. Thank you. Amazing. So you've touched on this as well. Um, So how does it feel to be involved in two different cultures, both the pros and the cons? 
if there are any? So I think the pros is like, it's really strange for me. I, I feel almost like a child of the world, even though I'm only from like two countries. And I think it's also obviously the relationship between Pakistan and India's history that is very complicated, but I do feel some connection with India as well. So for me, it's like now, you know, growing up in London, there's so many different nationalities. I've grown up with predominantly English in the beginning, but then after I went to uni and everything, surrounded by a lot of different people. And I didn't really differentiate between the cultures and the people, you know, I had like friends with Russians and Europeans and everybody's the same at the end of the day. And I think that's what's great about London is you're exposed to so many different more cultures than you would necessarily be in some other places in the world. And that you get the chance to really see how everybody's the same and everybody wants the same things in life. Yeah. So for me, when I heard your single, it just really resonated with our project and what we're focusing on, obviously, with colorism. Um, because I just feel like there are so many differences within our own culture, like between caste, between a woman's position in society, a man's position. Yeah. Um, so what does the word colorism mean to you? And has it affected yourself or any loved ones or friends? So it's really interesting. So I asked my husband last night, I said, have you ever had any experiences with colorism? And he said, yeah, I, I used to get called Carla all the time because I was playing tennis mm. outside in the sun. And people would be like, oh, look, you're getting so Carla, which is black. And like, look at you, like, oh, you need to. And he, he told me he started using Fair and Lovely one of the products because he's playing tennis all the time. And I was like, he's a boy and he's, you know, quite like nonchalant about products and all of these things. He's not somebody that would use as much products in the first place, but the fact that, you know, he'd gone out his way because people had been saying, cause he was getting too tanned from playing tennis all the time. Like for me, it was just like, it almost like changed my, opinion on colorism even more to be like what there's grown-ass men that are like doing this as well it's like it's such a big issue and then there's such a big social pressure behind it like if someone's a sports person and they want to go outside and they happen to get tan like that's so like normal and for us for me that's so normal but obviously for him he'd been you know this is when he was like 13 14 years old being put in pressure to use these products. So, I mean, that's just like one small example, but that really like touched home for me because obviously it's my husband and I would have never dreamed that he would even go near these products because just wouldn't have made sense to me until I asked him this question last night. So that really stuck in my head. I've been made comments at myself as well because I personally love to tan and be in the sun. And I, I would always get made comments at like, oh no, you're gonna get too tanned or you're gonna get too dark. and. For me, I didn't really mind. My mum's really, she's English and she's used to sunbathing and stuff and she's really chilled about it. So that wasn't really a big deal to me, but seeing the other side of it and having Asian members of my family saying these kind of things to me about tanning, you know, it's kind of like, it's my skin color, it's whatever I want to do with it. But there is still this huge thing about it. And I know a lot of friends that they have to wear a hat in the sun or like their parents would keep telling them to apply their sunscreen. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's crazy. There's, there's a lot of 
uh, like waves of, of this feeling that I've experienced. Yeah. So we um, we've had so many stories where like women are changing their dress sense to the point like they won't wear really pale lilac-y colours because apparently it makes them look darker. And I just think that, like, I can't process that. Like, being told, don't wear this colour, even though it could be their favourite colour, just because of what other people think. So, like, I feel like it's sort of the same with your husband because it was driven by pressure from other people, not because he was uncomfortable in it. Yeah. It's because people made him feel uncomfortable. Um, I don't know, was that driven by his family or was it driven by just peers within society? I don't think it was particularly his family, but I think maybe there was comments made from a few different types of people. It might have been some family and some friends or, you know, some people that were around. Like, And it's it's just the fact that there was enough pressure there yeah. to make him do that at, like, a 13, 14-year-old boy. Like, it just is beyond me, quite frankly. Like, how would we ever, like, tell our children over here to put poisonous things on top of their skin? You know, like, it's just, it's not part of society. It's not something that we would ever, like, dream of. So, like, how how can we allow that to happen in other countries? Um, you know, especially as a child, but obviously at any age, it's it's not supported. But, you know, it's it's really bizarre. And I feel like how we, as a society, just norm- normalise this racist ideology. Like, we've made it okay. At such a young, impressionable age as well, for them to get affected so much that they feel like they need to resort to bleaching their skin to fit into the box that everyone deems as appropriate, appropriate yeah. to be walking around. I think the music industry, and if we're talking about an Indian Bollywood... I think they have like a particular responsibility because they cast a lot of people based on their skin color. And in fact, like I was reading something that said that, you know, in the top of the audition um, papers, they have like either fair or very fair. Those are the two options. So basically you can't really audition unless you're fair or very fair as a starting point. And then there'll be particular roles that are suited for a dark-skinned person. But, I mean, obviously that goes back to also the caste system and colonialism and all these different kinds of issues that have kind of highlighted the fact that everybody thinks that fair skin is... Well, not everybody, but obviously a a big um, portion of the majority thinks that fair skin is the best and the ruling and shows the highest class. And then that goes back to the caste system where generally generally speaking the lowest class is the darkest people and the fairest and the richest and the most wealthy and everything is related with lighter skin but I think that that also needs to change in the industry to influence people elsewhere um and like this has now had like a knock-on effect on like a woman trying to get a job as a receptionist Mm -hmm. and she's told then I have to become lighter before I can get my job I don't have I don't have money to put food on the table, but I can't get this job because my skin's too dark, and they don't want me to be in the front of their company. In I'm the skin tone. Touched on the music industry because we discussed this yesterday as part of our Instagram live about just the use of the words like within Bhangra or Hindi songs or Urdu songs as well, like the emphasis on like the woman being gori gori chitti chitti, like when he's singing about her. It's always 
like results to that, doesn't it? You should sing some more of that. <laughs> that was good. Yeah. So. And I think it's great. And thank you so much for sharing your experience and even your husband's experience because, like, we can touch on this as well, how, you know, being being told to use fair and lovely or any other products or being told that you're you know too dark is not just a pressure on girls it's a pressure on males as well um within the you know south asian community and i think a lot of people don't talk about that topic enough as well like yeah we have so much pressure on the girls and how much they have to you know to beauty standards conform Yeah. yeah to the beauty standards but Sometimes, like in your husband's case, so does the men. Yeah. And at such a young age as well, like, I think even at that age for me, like, I didn't know what was beautiful or not. Like, I thought, yeah, I'm beautiful. But, like, I was walking around with the moustache and everything. So, <laughs> do you know what I mean? At that young age, like, I didn't know any better for so some other people to come and tell me that, no, you are not beautiful. It would have such an effect on me for the rest of my life. Yeah. The other thing that I was, like, reading that was quite interesting, but I think that effect of pulp culture that, you know, we're touching on and I wanted you to sing more of the song, but obviously the lyrics are fundamentally, like, uh, swaying people in the wrong way and influencing people in the wrong way. So I think that these people that have a lot of influence in the Bollywood industry in particular, because obviously it's a big issue in South Asia as well as in Africa and quite a few places as well, but... The thing is that they need to stop casting so many people based on the... They need to stop casting based on the skin colour, first of all. And then, obviously, stop glamorising the fact that being fair is good. Yeah. Um, because then this poor receptionist, who was like a real story, and because of what they're seeing on the film and all of that stuff, and they're thinking that this is fair, this is good, um, that this poor women can't get a job because they're seeing this influence from Bollywood and applying that to their real life and saying that, okay, she's, she doesn't look good enough to be a receptionist. Um, um, fundamentally, that really bothers me. Yeah, I think the companies themselves, by using this, well, tactic, are missing out on so much potential mm. and so much hard-working people in other, you know, races or from other cultures because they're sticking to one little box that they think yeah we want that to be the face of our company but they're missing out on so much yeah definitely so um you've touched on this massively so thank you but do you think there can be more done about colorism and how we deal with it so obviously you're really vocal, we're trying to be vocal, but how can we encourage other people to be vocal? Because I know this is such a taboo topic, not just only in our um, community, but other communities as well. What do you think we can do to drive it? I think, and, and we've talked about a lot of these different things now with the Black Lives Matter movement as well, and like, what can we actually do, you know? And I think one of the big things is education. And similarly on this topic, which is really like important to me. And I think a lot of South Asians, it echoes with them differently than it does with some of my English friends, for example, because we know how inherent the comments and things that can be said and done are because it's so casual now. Like it's such a known thing that like, don't get tanned, don't be dark, be lighter skin. Like it's just, it's so sad how we're like, 
that's so normal these days. And I think that is fantastic what you guys are doing because I think that we're just really at the very beginning of this. And I think since the, you know, colonialism and all of these things that happened, which aren't really that long ago, um, all the effects are there. And I think that this is actually a very new issue compared to a lot of other things at the moment. And I think that this issue should be paramount to be addressed and the products that are uh, skin bleaching products should be taken off the shelves. There's no two ways about it. Um, what they're trying to do is just make money off of unethical terms, um, which, you know, it's just, it's not legal in my opinion. But, you know, obviously, um, going back to the main issue, like there's, for me, it's a very new issue. There's a lot to be done. Um, and it's a shame because it's starting to become inherent in the society. Um, but I think if we can, you know, do something soon, I think it's going to take also generations to change the mindset, which is going to be quite a challenge. But obviously if we can speak to the generation now, this, this younger generation and make them feel like it's okay to be born uh, with darker skin and the families to stop from the moment, oh, the child's born, oh, the child's dark, oh, we don't want this child. You know, to stop them making the child feel like a burden from a young age because they're a dark skin color and probably if they're a woman as well, because let's be real, that still exists in some places. So these pressures need to be taken off of these children and they need to grow up in a society where they feel safe and accepted for their skin color um, and, you know, obviously, in my opinion, the caste system needs to go, but that's a separate issue. Um, but that kind of echoes on to all of these things that make up the society at the moment. And I think that this is one element of it, which is like a, a piece that's in quite a few different issues. So I think it's going to take a long time to get fully out of society, the ideology. But I think, you know, that we can definitely make start and change people's minds from the generation that are now that I'm sure are willing to listen and understand that these kind of things aren't normal and they shouldn't be used. Thank um, you. I think we agree 100% that education is one of the main ways to tackle this issue as well. Like if we start to educate the younger generation, like you said, we are in a more of a better position to start challenging the older generation. Exactly. So if we hear people in our family saying things or doing things, then like even if it's a comment that you know is like partly a joke or lighthearted or whatever, I think we have we have that responsibility first within our families to make sure that they're saying things and actually like, okay, it's supposed to be a jokey comment, but like no, there's some truth behind that and know that comment isn't acceptable to me anymore um and you can't say these kind of things and, and be upfront with your family like that yeah. and um you know and then why do people with posting things on social media or speaking about things um like we are now you know this is all how how other people could get involved to kind of help and address the issues obviously not buying the products um, and like telling people who are buying the products, if you have family friends that are buying the products, to obviously discourage them and talk to them about the fundamental issues of how they might feel about their appearance. Yeah, and I think it needs to be very clear that even us having our platform, we're 
when we say our DMs open, we're not here to judge anyone. We are only here to give support. So if you do, you know, have the courage to come and say, I have used, you know, Fair and Lovely in the past or any other products, we're not here to say, well, that was so wrong. You shouldn't have done that. Well, we can't help you anymore. Anything like that. We're here to say we 100 percent understand understand the pressure that you might have been given by your peers because nowhere that we are born thinking that we're too dark do you know what I mean it's always the pressure from other people that's put on us so it's 100% not your fault yeah Um, it's always a pressure given by other people or you know the pressure to fit in so we need to eliminate that pressure that ideology that you know fair is lovely and eliminate that saying and that mindset from people so you know we are only here to support to educate people um and just help you embrace your beauty and i think with your single shimo you do that really well you are like i think you've touched on this as well like all these issues that exist when we're making people feel alien just because of their race or if we're doing it because of their skin tone, actually, we understand that it's a deep, deeply rooted issue. And I think your song highlights that, that, you know, I'm going to rock it, I'm going to own it in my own own way. Yeah. So we really think you're inspirational. So, so thank you for doing that. And thank you for doing that through music because I just think that's such a fantastic way like we still like hum your song when we're like washing up and like it sits in our head and actually um, and I'm sure a lot of girls and guys do that as well so thank you so much um and thank you for taking the time today to talk no thank you guys for having me and for addressing this issue and talking about it I think it's fantastic I think you know um it's a journey that's fairly new still and I think that there's a lot of work to be done on this topic and I think that you guys can make a massive difference. Thank you so much. Are we allowed to get any sneak peeks of what's coming up with you? (laughs) Well, actually, I haven't announced it yet, but I've got um, a single coming out in about a month called Gas Me. Ooh. um, Yeah, Gas Me. It's like Gas Me Up. So it's kind of about, like, people bigging you up because I just don't... And it's a bit more of a lighthearted song. I just don't think that people do it enough, like in terms of like actually give people compliments, say nice things. So it's kind of like gas me up. Yeah, so it's a bit of a fun one, but uh, it's got also that kind of message to it. Yeah. Be kind. <laughs> so good, because I feel like there's way too much competition between each other right now. And it's just like, well, I can do this better than you. I can do that better than you. And it's not like we should actually be supporting each other. as if, And it's so like... Then, yeah. Both, yeah, I think, but yeah, a lot of women need to support more women, and that's fantastic about what you guys are doing as well. And I'm sure that you're going to bring a lot of women together through the organization. Yeah, thank you again, Shima. It's been lovely to speak to you, and we look forward to catching up with you soon. Uh, thank you guys so much. Have a lovely rest of your day. So much, you too. Take care. Right, take care. Bye. Bye. That was a great discussion with Shema. Thank you to everyone who has tuned in today. We hope you can join us for our next podcast.